Today's episode of Vodka Soda Happy Hour is brought to you, as always, by, for, and with The Open Feel. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud. That is soundcloud.com backslash happyvsoda, soundcloud.com backslash happyvsoda, and on iTunes. That is in the regular podcast section under Vodka Soda Happy Hour, Vodka Soda Happy Hour. Uh, tonight we're talking, uh, we also did a Facebook Live you can find at our uh, Facebook page, The Open Field, um, generally about where Mikey and myself see media going um, after the, the failure of far left um, and far right outlets in this election season uh, with new ventures uh, from folks uh, like Grantlanders and other stuff. So let's do it. The brave new world ahead of us tomorrow with the Trump presidency. Are you holding the phone the entire time? It's kind of funny looking. Oh, I think so. Your hands are going to get tired. Yeah, so anyway, um, as Mike was saying, so we typically go, you know, your standard sports topics and shit on this show and... Um, given he lives in california and i'm in um boston we run this thing and it's been going pretty well but it's uh it's a difficult thing to kind of keep uh keep wraps on as it were um given a stratification throughout the country so the point is we're moving some stuff around here um but we got into a conversation today that we thought it would uh make some sense to talk about because it's something we've tried to attack directly with the open field and although it's not on any mass scale um i think we've done a pretty fucking good job of it and that's the way you're ingesting media and news in general um, in 2016, now 2017, and um, you know go, going forward with um, you know essentially a Twitter meme as president um, and a and an Uber internet um, short manifestations of media dominated culture. Um, so kind of what we pulled out of that is we live in a binary society and a lot of things like that. So we're gonna kind of run through. Um, a lot of outlets sort of where we see traditional media going and um kind of give kind of give some i guess call it like chambers of thought and, and and things we both think that uh you can do as a person to to try and not get lost in your own echo chamber um i'm not going to speak for mike but i know it's something that that i've i've very actively tried to do for um a, a number of years is to purposely read shit that I, I just vehemently disagree with um as a way to try to keep current on what other folks are thinking and to, you know try to show myself that uh although you could i'm not a i'm not a registered democrat you know, I'm, I'm typically going to lean far more to the left than I am to the right, at least on social issues. Um, but but just to kind of see that there's always hypocrisy when you try to try to put things in a box and realize that there are, you know, if not two, uh, probably three, four, five, six, seven, whatever scenarios um, of kinds of things. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you have anything you want to start on that before we can kind of dive into topics. Now, let's get going on that. Cool. So. Um, this is sort of old news. I mean to write about this for a week or two. It didn't quite happen. Um, what happened was uh, Jean Favreau, who cur- is he with the Ringer currently, or what is he doing? Well, I think that's this is his own entity okay. now. I think so he's broken off. That's what he's doing now. So Jean Favreau is a gentleman who was Obama's uh, chief speechwriter from 20- 2005 till. Um, uh, 2013. So he knew him, you know, back in the Chicago Senator days um, and all there. So he's kind of been through it all. Um, he, he's one of the foremost. Uh, you, know, you can call him a millennial um, reporters in the political spectrum, as far as having a, a large Twitter, Facebook following. Um, you know, knowing how to how to use you know social platforms and not sound like a total like doofus dad um, kind of scenario, um, which I think is a good thing because he's good at his job, but. Uh, I think he he probably realized uh, that he made some pretty pretty serious gaffes this election season as far as lack of uh, self awareness. Is that something you would agree with? Oh my god, that that podcast he recorded uh, 
the day before the election or morning of, I forget which one, was the most condemning thing in retrospect I've ever probably listened to. So, yeah. Yeah. Didn't give enough credit. Yeah. So Favreau and colleagues were, were pretty pompous about a lot of stuff and, um, you know, kind of personified um, the media issues that, uh, that President Trump um, – <laughs> it sounds so weird um, – that, uh, yeah. that, 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 uh, that, that President Trump was, uh, was really railing on and his, you know, supporters still will with fake news and, and things of that nature. Uh, so what Favreau and a couple of their colleagues at The Ringer and other outlets did is break off and start their own thing that um, is an outlet that is legitimately called Crooked Media. Um, their tagline – uh, essentially along the lines of we couldn't find a place where people talk about politics like real human beings, so we decided to create one, which I don't know is if that's necessarily true on, in a literal sense, but it makes sense because The Ringer doesn't have a huge place for politics right now. And also on the front that it is brazenly obvious, although the New York Times, New York Magazine, Wall Street Journal are all phenomenal, historical, important uh, news outlets that save, I think, maybe the Atlantic at this point. Um, it's, it's so far to one side, generally speaking, that it, you're just sticking your head up your own ass. Um, if, if you agree with all of that stuff. Well, I guess you're right on that, but, but isn't it going to do the exact same thing in the other direction? I mean, I don't think it's going to, it's not trying at all based on the name alone to try to bring you an unbiased sense of what you want to know. I mean, it's, it's taking a niche the same way anything else is. I agree, but I also think that the, the the biggest issue with all their coverage throughout the election was just a bashing of Trump, whereas the smartness of, you know, his thing, I, I don't think it's, you know, a single thing that won in the election, but I thought one of the smarter uses of it was, you know, probably Clinton's sole biggest gaffe um, on the campaign trail besides being who she is and having the history that she does was a deplorable comment. Um, that one, that, that was one I think that got really swept under the rug, um, you know, uh, amid again, her being who she is. Um, and obviously Comey reopening the investigation. Um, cause they really got ahead of that. I mean, you still see Trump talk about like how much he loves his deplorables and shit. So, I mean, maybe it's just me being excited at someone with a platform like Favreau. Um, you like Favreau. I, I mean, I think he's smart. He's really smart. He's fucking really, really smart. If anything, it was, it was just like, he was just like a, it's like when you're coaching a kid in a sport and you just want him to try harder. Like, I just felt like it shouldn't have been that hard for him to realize how unself-aware he was being. Uh, so it's not like the quality of his work is never bad. It's just like, what direction are you putting this in? Because you're just satisfying yourself. So by them calling themselves crooked media, something that they've been, you know, essentially slandered as for, you know, uh, well over a year and are going to continue to be so long as, you know, this generation of right leaning, whatever in the media is going. I mean, it's always been there, but you know what I mean? It's a, it's a bit of a new facet to it. So I was saying was by putting it out there as crooked media and getting out ahead of it. It's not going to change the world or anything, but I do think it, it's an interesting bet that he's taking um, as far as starting a, a media company in the internet age as opposed to an outlet like the Times or the Wall Street Journal. That would never fucking do something like that. No. No, and that's the advantage of starting on your own and becoming something from yourself instead of becoming yourself from something else. You know what I mean? Like he didn't – he's not trying to grow a platform and then benefit off of that. He's trying to use his own – circle in his own outreach to build a platform. And by doing that, you give yourself the entire right and the final say, I guess, in everything from naming rights to, you know, what you're going to call it. Pod Save America is the name of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I just think that's like, that's an indication of where we're going in terms of the way media is consumed. People are 
tuning in more for reliable names and trusted sources than they are for the brand name. People aren't going to the New York Times to read specific authors anymore. They're going to, well, I mean, uh, sorry, I had the backwards. They're not going to the New York Times and finding authors. They're going to their author and landing on the Times is what I, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think Favre is, Favreau, whatever, Favs, is in a position where his legitimacy is not going to be questioned. I mean, today we, we're going to talk later about just the Obama podcast in general um, that he had. Uh, I listened to it maybe 20 minutes ago, but that in and of itself gives him the opportunity to grab people and tell them what he thinks, and that can grow based on the common, you know, however. What, you're laughing. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like. No, I was just going to say you can grab him by the pussy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But but uh, no, I mean I, I I agree with you completely. We had that conversation about Grantland earlier today. I know. Um, me personally, I went to the site to read Shay Phillips and Simmons, and I didn't go to the site to discover anything new. And I think that there's a, a slight shift in the way things are going, where you see these individuals joining brands, and the brands are benefiting more from the individual than the individual is from the brand. And in a sense of Favreau and I guess in a sense of Trump in himself, it's, you can change a lot of things if your voice is louder than any, uh, than any outlet they could give you. I mean, the outreach of some of these people, like I hate to bring it back to Fox, but like we we're we're 10 times smaller than Clay is than Clay Travis is. And, and so when he comes in, we benefit more than he does getting a legitimate platform and the way Favre is attacking this is with the Obama thing and with all of the, I guess, I guess nooks and crannies that he's finding more left wing supporters and audience members. He's gonna, he's gonna quickly learn that that's the most successful way to go about it. And I'm very, very high on the idea of crooked media in general, but I don't necessarily think that in the meantime it's gonna make any bit of a difference. I mean, for all we know, starting tomorrow, they could just shut it down. <laughs> Shut down the cyber. Yeah, the uh, the internet and net neutrality are certainly going to be um, interesting. Things. Are we scrubbing the open? Are we going to scrub the open field? We probably fucking should, man. Um, <laughs> all right. So to to hark back um, on uh, on what you said earlier uh, regarding so what what Crooked Media was able to do given Favreau's existing relationship with Obama was actually get his uh, his last interview as the president of the United States um, it was a good podcast it's again it's called uh, Pod Save America I think this cute he walked little... off the, he walked off his final press conference and sat down yeah that was pretty tight I wonder how scripted that was but it was still a pretty cool uh, cool little bit I would say um, so right away um, you know, he, he gets into the consensus of, you know, whatever silent majority that obviously has and is out there, um, you know, evidently after this election and, and most specifically, um, folks who pulled the lever for Obama in either 08 and 012 or 2012 or, or one or the other, and who also pulled it for Trump. Um, in, in this past election and he kind of talks about just the way the media has changed and the, the biggest point, the, the, the phrase he kind of uses um, is to create a political public square uh, in the internet, which – That was the interesting part to me. Yeah, because I think he – That points in, in Obama's next direction. I mean that tells you what the next venture is. Yeah, I mean he's obviously not just going to ride off into the sunset. Like, he's obviously still going to be active. I don't think that's any kind of a debate at this point. 
But active where? Virtually, in person? Is he touring? I mean, that's the question. <laughs> That'd be tight if he did a tour. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, he's like still one of the more famous people on the planet at this stage, you know? Um, I don't know. He's, he's got as big of a platform as really anybody else in the world. But yeah, so... When he talks about it like that, right now, because he he, he kind of throughout throughout the majority of the podcast, he's giving these guys who he knows well a lot of shit um, for podcasting, and you know, it's kind of harking back to like, oh, you know, such and such who used to work on the campaign is running for uh, like you know, uh, junior VP of um, the Democratic Party or things like that, and he's like, yeah, they're actually doing shit with their lives to this podcasting, um, but he's he's been a a pretty savvy dude you know with with most things domestic he's you know was obviously part of this was buttressed by literally when he was in office but it was very very tech friendly you know you don't get um like people want to talk about a divide of the country is like we're found on the backs of slaves and if you know facebook live and twitter didn't come around under him it would have come around under somebody else and black lives matter still would have happened so point being very tech friendly i think is uh, probably a decent decent bet um to see him get behind media outlets like this uh, as a good indication of where things are going to go and you're seeing it pop up in other places uh like another gentleman by the name of dan primack who primarily focused on the on the tech uh acquisition sector for the past five years and left his job at fortune where he ran a newsletter and amassed a huge twitter following um for a company called axios which uh just launched after the new year they have a couple um uh, a couple newsletters out. There was a, a LinkedIn post um, flying around yesterday uh, where I, I think it was just one or two of their lead editors were in Trump Tower. Uh, I think it would have been so inaugurations tomorrow. So it would have been sometime on Tuesday because it was 72 hours before. And it's asking some questions. Is? Sorry. Is that how new that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It came out yesterday. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I think it would have been the day before, maybe even that morning. But yeah, so it was founded by uh, this guy, Jim Vanderhei, who was uh, the executive and a co-founder at uh, Politico, uh, Politico, sorry, uh, along with two other dudes, uh, Ray Schwartz and Mike Allen, who were both um, high up in uh, Politico. I think one of them was a chief correspondent, the other was the CRO. So there's some of these outlets starting where it's coming not from a place of, hey, we're this huge, powerful entity a la Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, where you've got like almost, you know, the 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 the, the building and like the real estate attitude like side of history on their side. And like you said earlier, you know, Grantland RIP, where you probably came to the site initially because it was an ESPN affiliate. So you were like, Oh, this will be cool. And then you found writers and consistent content that you liked in a Brian Phillips and a Shea Serrano or whoever else that might be. And that's what these people are doing, right? They're pulling folks who've been able to establish their own little echo chambers in the minuscule reach that Twitter um, has in and of itself and put it in a concentrated place. And it's almost the same ideology as voters who are pissed off about being left in the dust because when everybody has a voice, um, to do these kind of smaller things like we're doing with the open field or like everybody has their own personal Twitter and Facebook account. But then all you see reflected, you know, you've, you've got your Sean Spicer's and Alex Jones's of the world, like spewing insane shit on the far right, talking about Obama and Clinton, you know, smelling like sulfur and demons. And then you've got people all the way to the left, um, you know, completely shucking the fact that Hillary Clinton was legitimately one of the most corrupt politicians like we've ever had in the Democratic Party, despite the fact that she was probably pretty qualified. She was totally scandal-ridden, besides the point. So, like, there's no middle fucking ground. Um, And the idea that you see things like Crooked Media and Axios popping up, 
and Obama's getting behind it, it probably bodes well for where media is going when everybody has the internet in the palm of their hands. So this is a question for you, and I'm going to put this on me for a second here, Jake. He talked a little bit about the public square forum and the creation of both virtual and physical centers for progressive change, I guess. Is that a good way you would put that? Like a, 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 the creation of a forum or a uh, city square or something like that on the online space where people are safe to stress ideas, beliefs, indifferences, and, uh, you know, basically anything they want. Uh, it's the only way they're going to progress change. He said the only way that, what did he put you, you took notes on the thing when he talked about the, the common square situation and the, then the creation of a forum sort of like that. I think that what he was talking about for the most part was like a perfect Twitter I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever it is, it obviously doesn't exist at the moment, you know? Well, it definitely doesn't exist at the moment, and that's where he feels the niche is for the next wave of, uh, what, what would you call it, um, communication? I mean, grie- airing grievances? It, <laughs> I got you know, some wait. grievances? I'm going to air them out. <laughs> yeah, that's what Twitter is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just... It, it's a lofty ambition and it's an idea that deserves merit, but at the same time, it's not, it's not feasible in the current state of the internet and it's not, there's never going to be a relaxing of the radical right or left. There's not going to be, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's no perfect system that they seem to be talking about. And I, I don't know if that's even worth investing in at this point. I think that, virtual world and the way people communicate virtually is not um not ever going to be safe to be honest with you and and the creation of that seems to be a little bit too ambitious and lofty for me and i don't know how you feel about that yeah um no i mean i no i agree with that because and i mean maybe we differ in the analysis of what you said here because like uh, i mean if, if i'm understanding what you're saying correctly you, you kind of feel like he's talking about like you know the the perfect pill for people to swallow for this to be able to work and have that yeah. be some yeah because i mean i don't yeah i mean i don't i don't think that's that's obviously not possible that's like the whole point of fucking anything or like education or whatever you want to have as as an entity like because all you really have at the end of the day is the discourse um and i think that's what was the craziest thing about this past election season for me because i would literally like i remember during the i i remember the the first time i knew he was gonna win or at least win the the party uh the party seat to get into the general i was like i think there were like i think it was it was just before the tide really turned against uh uh, uh, Rubio and Cruz in that like like three week span, and I remember watching it. Wait, Kev, my my roommate, and standing there and being like, like I legitimately felt I've I've seldom felt as stupid in my life listening to him because like all these people are like fuck yeah, and I'm like I like what am, I was like what am I missing? Like I actually don't understand what he's talking about. So to that point. It's fucking – it was genius because like when when your dialogue isn't really about anything, then it can be about whatever people want it to be as opposed to Hillary Clinton who is just like boring-ass fucking regular politics. Like whenever she would come on the debates and really get going on stuff like the ones she clearly won, I was like, oh yeah, this is why I've never cared about this before because it's boring as fuck. It's like sitting in finance class again. Um, but yeah, to the point – I don't know if he was necessarily insinuating that you could create – a perfect end-all be-all solution of a pill what would i 
I mean, and maybe this is just my own personal bias because this is um, in, in my perfect world where I would I would like to see things go. Um, you know, uh, avenues or, or places, you know, in, in some fashion springing up online, whether that's in the internet, we know it now, or something that's going to, you know, come along in the next, you know, as we know, these things can change literally, uh, at the snap of a finger, blink of an eye, you know, in the next year, three years, five years, whatever. Um, but something that hopefully could go a long way in compounding or even replacing the education system um, in some fashion as far as kind of reeling people into uh, seeing critical thought and purposely ingesting stuff that you don't believe in and don't agree with and at least taking it in as as, as valid for like five minutes to try and understand another side of the coin. Um, it's not going to make you happy, but like it's pretty important for looking at shit. I, I guarantee you there would have been a lot less people shocked at Trump winning and at, uh, you know, 60% of white women, uh, who voted going for Trump. Um, when, when you don't just assume like, it's insane to me that people can live on their own Facebook feed and think that that's news. If you have a college education, if you don't have a college education, I can understand why that would be like that. And that's not a value judgment. That's just some people are, you know, like the the Westerners got generally nicer weather and access to guns and steel and credit than people in Africa did. And internally in America, some regions have been left behind by automation in the last 10 years. Part of that was a gaffe on Obama and part of that's the natural progression of things. So to the point, like, it's just it's it's I don't know, man, it's crazy to me that people can live in an echo chamber um, like that and at least not realize how to like the necessity of looking at other other sides of the coin. Um, and I think that's what he means by public square because the idea of a square ties back into discourse and people who don't agree with each other conversing and if not finding a resolution, at least understanding that there's different different points of view out there that you have to consider in your own decision making. Yeah, the, the, the civility would never make any sense in that situation. There would be no there would be no moderation and regulation of something like that on the internet. And that's not I true. Trump, I mean it, I it, it no i i agree with you but like that that exists in a community like reddit like that's already out there but well what i'm saying is i i don't want to draw it back to this but the idea of maturity uh intelligence and education among the mass majority of people that use the internet is just not it's just not right it's not true you know what i mean like the, the what you say about echo chambers and people living in their own social feeds there's true when you talk about the idea of taking that, taking your foot, stepping outside of it and learning about the other side. And left is just as defaulted that as the right is. Um, yeah, if which not is more a, so. Yeah, and, and which is evident with the way Twitter um, reacted so shocked, uh, whereas the middle of the country without access to – or with, not without access to, but without um, really the, the downtime and the need to uh, inject themselves with the, the slow drip that is the Twitter feed um, – you know they 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 understood exactly what was going to happen and and I think that the we crammed ourselves with so much information being um you know I don't want to say left I don't want to say Trump's haters or anything like that but but as people who did not see it coming we certainly left ourselves susceptible to looking stupid based on the fact that we did not take both sides of the equation into consideration and when you talk about a square and when we talk about creating a forum where 
you can learn what's really going on and, and have discourse with people who are really caring about the the idea of, I guess, conversing about things. Like, I, I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's pretty redundant. But when you want to talk about something in a mature and serious way, there's always going to be somebody who brings something wrong into the equation. And I think that the idea of creating the, the square like they talked about – and I will urge everybody to go to Crooked Media and try to listen to this podcast just, just to keep uh, – you know, just to keep up the sane head about the whole thing. But the idea of creating the community square and the public square, I, I think is never going to happen. I, I don't see a way that I, I never is a weird word, but I don't see a way in which we can, we can create a completely unbiased, natural discourse on the internet. That's never going to happen. In my opinion, I've seen too much of the wrong side of Twitter to believe that. Yeah. Unless the internet like dies at some point and has to, has to, and then gets born again. That's pretty much all you can think about. Um, I, we talked about this at length before about how with the Fox Sports Radio account, I do see a lot of um, differing opinions, I guess you could say, in the Kaepernick talks and uh, everything that uh, sports drives politically. But the word deplorable, like you mentioned, is all over the Twitter names and handles of people who take pride in the label. And I think that they take pride in the label because they think that people like us and people – well, us getting lumped into the idea of, of the Twitter media – um, took advantage of a lot of people and, and considered them not intelligent and not having a real say in the world when in reality we count for one the same way they count for one. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just the, the self-inflation and the, and the sense of self-entitlement among the left kind of drove a lot of people, like you say, white women who did vote 60% Trump might feel left out of a lot of the conversations that occur, you know, at the, on their behalf by idiot men who are trying to end up sleeping with women on the internet you know what i mean like it's it's really stupid and it sleeping with women on the internet you know what i'm saying that's what we should rename the site sleeping with women on the internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i do i do um yeah no i mean it all it all harks back to the same thing and yeah i mean i don't yeah there's obviously not a right answer but i um I just I just want people to listen to it and and tomorrow's gonna be a weird day. Yeah, whatever. Not, not good or bad. It's um, just gonna be weird. Will you just unrelated quick? Will you just retweet on the open field? Uh, I tweeted the link at um, the open field account. So if you could just do that when you get a chance. Yeah. Um. I mean, and this came up earlier, and I I don't think that he did it with the direct. Uh, the direct notion or idea that he was going to become a multimillionaire, but it is pretty insane that Dave Portnoy managed to hit the nail on the head with obviously Barstool is doing a different kind of thing, but like, you know, they're not, they've obviously been bashed for, you know, a fair amount of stuff they've said. Um, definitely more so in the early days than you do now is there, they've almost become a mainstream outlet in some instances of at least their process, um, and kind of the way the sites run, not in content, obviously, but, um, the idea of just like having having language that within within reason you know toes the middle ground um you know and like you know bar talk basically kind of a thing which there are obviously some instances of luck and um you know new england getting super good at sports at the time they did obviously help them out as far as reach but um i i do think that the idea of crooked media and axios and sites like that that are going to pop up um obviously not 
selling uh, selling papers in uh, subway stations in Boston, but with folks who have an established outlet and followings, as opposed to you know these hulking donors um, behind closed doors and and, and, and uber strict um, editorial processes that have been around for you know 60, 70 years and and writing well, 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 well above the the median uh, fifth grade reading level of the United States. Um, it, it's obviously a bet. It's not necessarily going to fix anything, but but I think has a far better shot at improving the current media climate than anything else um, that, that I'm aware of. I agree. I agree. And uh, Barstool was built on personalities, not on stories. And, uh, you know, people keep coming back to see who ate a fucking grilled cheese out of a trash can as opposed to hearing about Odell Beckham on a boat. And I think that's why the sustainability is there. And I think that the future of companies that surround themselves with strong, interesting people People that have a strong outreach, whether positive or negative, just strong takes and strong opinions form brands and from brands grow companies. And Barstool, whether they stumbled into it or didn't stumble into it, Barstool was able to understand way before most that if you put people in a room, not not even physically in a room because for a while they weren't all physically in a room, but if you put people together that – bring their own audience, it turns into a large discourse between a lot of people that might have similar interests because these people have thinly veiled similar interests. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like Big Cat and KFC are not, by any stretch of the imagination, similar people. <laughs> but what they do have is that underlying sense of, all right, calm the fuck down. Don't overreact this. Like, don't give me a hot fucking take. Like, let's talk about this like normal like normal dudes being dudes. Let's just talk to people as, as a normal human being. And even for all of their differences, what they are able to accomplish is bringing people, a a fan of KFC and a fan of big cat, look at each other and say, Hey, we're not that We're not really that weird. Like we're not that different from each other. And they created a public space that is very, very interesting. If you read the comments through, it's a very, very interesting. uh, Do you read the comments on there? I read the comments every day. Oh, well, like for your own shit or for Barstool? Barstool. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a comment section. After every article, I scroll right down and click just to see a public reaction to it. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, you know, it's I I couldn't um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at guys like Shea Serrano, um, obviously with three year now, but yeah, like it, probably like 20% of his Twitter feed is dedicated to what his like army of uh, little kids are doing and, you know, the <laughs> shit like his wife is building. Well, you do though. Like, you feel like you get to know people. Um, and creating a brand, you know, creating a brand. Yeah. Is the most important yeah. And by Favreau and the rest of those dudes, um, who definitely have people who follow them way closer than I do. I couldn't name the rest of the staff there, but I know they're obviously all in that circle of folks. Um, and Axios as well, you know, all three of those, you know, founders came from Politico and Primac has, I think close to 200,000 Twitter followers. So, um, by doing that and creating like-minded chambers, you're of people who, you know, under- yeah, but that's, the, that's the flaw of the election though, creating a like-minded chamber. Yeah, the that's the flaw of it. But what if they're like-minded and that they're not, you know, overly leaning one way or the other and that they're in the middle? Like, wouldn't that hopefully so create, you're, you're an optimistic enough person to believe that you can create a like-minded forum for people with common sense. I mean, no, but like, it at least looks a little, I mean, no, but like, these are all way more promising than like, like, what are the other major fucking like discourse outlets we've seen in the past like year and a half fucking like, 
on one hand, like Trump's tweets, generally memes, Tommy Laren's fucking minute to look like Eminem if he ever got a sex change. Uh, like, I, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it's at least better than, it's better than what's out there. Like, do I think it's going to work? Probably not, but you got to take the bet. You got, do you have, I mean, if you take the bet, what you're basically saying is that you believe in humans <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, our capa- in our capacity to, to relate even without apparent relatable conversation. You know what I mean? Like without, if there's not a topic that we can find similar ground on, how are we all going to exist in the same space? And I think there's, there's such a vast gap between the two sides at this point and where we are as a country that a form of any kind is just going to result in the exact same thing that we expect it to. And that's just chaos. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm very, very pessimistic on the idea of the creation of any sort of common fucking thread, I guess, common, like there's going to be left, there's going to be right. And I don't think that there's a place where the middle can have a conversation politely on the internet. And I don't think it will exist. Fuck you. Yeah, there is. It's called the open field. (laughs) Nerd slash maybe sleeping with women on the internet. We're changing our name, sleeping with women on the internet. I I, kind of want to do that. (laughs) All right. It's been been 40 minutes. We should let these people go. It's a big day to have. Long day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. So this will be up um, on the site. Uh, As always, suck it.